Okay, we are uh, halfway through a series again. Today we're at a very, I believe, central, I said central last week, but I'm going to use it again because we're still central in the book of John. And a passage that I think some of us have taken it a bit for granted, and I have myself. It seems to be more about what Jesus did rather than who he is. And I think it's very important for us, particularly in this study, that we try to not diminish what he did, because that's the fruit of who he is, but to really concentrate on who he is, is what he is saying, I am, the I am, meaning, like we said, in past sermons, the I am is the forbidden name of God. Forbidden in the sense of, in Jewish tradition, they were not allowed to say Yahweh. We don't even know if that's the true pronunciation of the I am. But that does not diminish who he is. And we need to look at that and understand that in his holiness, yet Jesus Christ came to reveal the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when he says, I am, it's not an ego trip that this man who came on the scene of mankind in the middle of basically civilization and said, I am. To the world. And we have been blessed in having scriptures worldwide now. There's not a person, I don't believe, or there are very few people that do not have access to obtaining the Word of God, as we know it, Old Testament and New Testament. In fact, Jesus prophesied that his word would be spread throughout the whole world. We are there. We are at the place where anyone can receive his word. The only thing that's stopping them would be those who are saying, no, you cannot. It's illegal for you to read these scriptures. No, we do not allow Christianity to be taught in our school. Or no, you cannot talk about Jesus Christ. You're forbidden. In fact, in the United States today, there are laws in the states, many of the states, you cannot mention Jesus Christ in a classroom. Believe it or not, we have come that far. So it is our opportunity in this series for us to really get hold of what Jesus is implying in saying, I am. What I'm going to do I was not going to give you a, an expository type reading, but we're going to take the whole passage and read through it with highlighting. It is important for us to be able to understand we have the privilege, the honor, the favor to have God's word ready to us. And I thank the Lord for the opportunity he's giving us to be able to do that this morning. 
Father, we pray your blessing on your word as we read it. May our hearts be moved and may we be motivated to understand how privileged we are this morning to read your word and to handle it. In Jesus' name, amen. We start at a tomb, and I don't know whether this photo is accurate or not, but it says that it's Jesus' tomb. I'm not sure whether it is or not. You know what? It is really not that important. Other than the man who donated it for Jesus' body. We should honor him. And we thank the Lord for those who have held for us the importance of who this man, Jesus Christ, really is and what he has done for us. He is the I am, the resurrection and the life out of John 11 and most of the chapter. I am the resurrection and the life and our outline will be Jesus explains death and we will go into that. Jesus reveals more about himself. Jesus wakes Lazarus up. That's key to understanding what death is. And Jesus faces his own death. Without knowing and understanding what death is, it's hard for us to understand what resurrection is. And so that's where we're pointing to what is resurrection. Here's our reading for this morning. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea, which they had already been there, and kind of escaped it or avoided it for a while. But now he's saying to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, or teacher, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of the daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, 
I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Be part of the reading and the study as Jesus reveals more about himself. Take notes mentally. We're going to be speaking about this next week. Okay? On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus was already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles or three kilometers from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher's here, she said, and asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not returned yet into the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to go to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Point C, Jesus wakes Lazarus up. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you 
that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Point D, Jesus faces his own death. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own. But as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. I want to challenge you with this verse from Romans. Romans 1, 1 to 4. The gospel from God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of the descent of David according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power, by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness. Jesus Christ, our Lord. This morning we are going to celebrate communion together. This is very sacred, but it is also bringing the Lordship, the Godhead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to us in picture form in participatory form so that we partake visibly what Jesus went through on our part as the resurrection and the life on our behalf. So that even though we die, yet in Christ we live. And dying is not like we think it is. Dark, you stumble around in the dark, and we're in a nation that is stumbling and that is in darkness. And yet we have the privilege of the light. And we have it as we demonstrate in this communion this morning. Jesus is alive. He has been resurrected from the dead. He didn't do it himself. It was his Father, our God who raised him from the dead because he was the only qualifying lamb for our sin. That is who Jesus Christ is.
And on top of it, not only was he crucified on our behalf, but he was resurrected because he was the only one worthy to stand in our place before the Father. No other lamb, no other person, only Jesus Christ himself, the resurrected one, who went through the entire scope of humanity to be born to a woman who had not had any relations with a man. And so he was set apart as holy, as a part of God's plan to redeem a world and generations of lawbreakers, us, so that we ourselves could enter into life and receive life through this one who walked as a man and fulfilled all, every jot and tittle, it says in some translation, or every stroke of the Hebrew language of the Old Testament. Jesus Christ fulfilled it all for us here in 2019 so that we could participate with those saints of old. That's our privilege. That's our honor. Don't you feel part of history? Don't you sense God has us here together for a purpose that we be participatory, that we be embracing who Jesus Christ really is. This is not a religion. This is not something that we just perform so that we feel better as we leave this place. We do this because we believe in Jesus Christ, and because he is the Son of God, the Lamb of God. Jesus lived his life as the perfect Lamb of God and gave his life willingly on the cross to suffer for us all the punishment, the darkness that came between me and the Father because of my sin. To be able to redeem me so that I am not part of those who are damned to hell and death for eternity. And then receiving, we're saying, I receive you, Jesus, Lamb of God, for taking away all of my sins. If you have never confessed Jesus Christ to be your Savior, and you're just here because you were invited, this is an opportunity for you to say, I believe what that pastor is saying. I need someone to take this sinful part of me away so that I can stand free from judgment and condemnation and walk free in the forgiveness of his blood and of his body laid down as a sacrifice for every one of us. So if you are in that position this morning, I encourage you as we're quiet that if you say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Make me clean. Forgive me my sins. I want to be part of this great scheme, this great plan, this design that we have.